I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perich, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. What is going on, kids? Twitter has like a new app thing fleeting Uh i don't know what it is but everybody was freaking out about it everybody posted uh their own gift for alan lazard being back um president's freaking out i think i caught us all up i think we're ready to go and the packers won against jacksonville we're we're, uh so everybody's doing really good how are you guys doing sarah what's what's up in florida i'm great it's actually in the high 50s here so this is like it's snowing for us in florida it's a <laughs> co- cold weather is here um and i'm very happy about that so it's nice to like prop my windows open when i was working from home and yeah the cooler weather always puts me in a good mood so very happy and, about uh, that. christmas has thrown up on your apartment it seems <laughs> Yes, I had a couple days off, so I thought I would decorate early this year. I feel like I need all the extra Christmas cheer I can get. So I'm like, might as well enjoy it. I'm here every day working, and I might as well make the work-from-home environment a little festive while I can. I like it. I like it. Do you uh, do you play Christmas music already as well? Not a lot like when oh i was gosh, decorating yes she does, Steve. Yes, she does Steve. The- <laughs> no like when i was decorating and putting up the tree i listened to christmas music and i'm like oh it only feels right but like when i'm working and i listen to music i haven't hit the christmas playlist yet i have it ready i like made sure it was ready to go but i've just been listening to like my normal playlist on spotify dusty what's going on in kentucky Nothing, man. You know, we're Sarah was talking about it's fifties and it's snowing. It it was uh, it's been low forties, and and I they were trying to bust out the grill a couple more times this week. You know, get that last bit of of summer in before uh, before winter hits. Uh, but yeah, man, we're doing good. It's it's sunny. The Packers are sitting in that one seed right now. Life, uh, yeah, I was gonna say life is good. Listen, man. There's lots of stuff <laughs> currently going on, and I've not left the house in three months. But all things considered. Things are going very well right now. And apparently the temperature is the coldest up in here in Wisconsin, obviously. It's uh, <laughs> currently 32, a balmy 32 up here. Uh, as they always say before, you know, any game in Lambeau, it's a balmy 16 degrees. Um, but everything's going pretty good up here. Um, hey, Packers are sitting at 7-2. and two. As Dusty said, number one in the uh, the spot for the the NFC playoff picture, and yet people want to bitch and complain about it. So I mean, it wouldn't be Packers fandom if that wasn't the case. But let's uh, let's do a little rapid reaction, Sarah. How was uh, the article? What were people saying about the the game uh, against Jacksonville? Yeah, everyone was happy that we won, but pissed off about how the Packers played. That was the general consensus. Was a 
what the heck was the game plan because the, whatever the offense was doing wasn't really working. Two or B, I went A to two. <laughs> that's wrong. B, Wasn't that home alone? <laughs> B, everyone was pissed off at the defense per usual. And then three, we legitimately almost lost that game. And I saw people tweeting during the game like, oh, gosh, we're losing. And like we weren't even losing. It's just like the Packers were looked so off that it felt like they were losing the whole game. So those were the three main takeaways. Everyone was just like, let's throw away the tape. Let's look to the next week. Um, I think it was nice to see MVS kind of come through. Um, you know, there's been multiple occasions where we're like, this is it. This is the game. And I think, you know, he was pretty much the offensive MVP on Sunday. He was able to come up with the plays when he needed to and should be excited to see um, him in the mix when Lazard back this week too. So, yeah, I mean, general consensus Kind of like the normal Packers Twitter reaction is pissed off, but we won, so we're happy. Like it's it's very up and down with everyone, and that's that game was a great uh, indication of that. Yeah, and I kind of went into it thinking, you know, the the the, the story kind of going into it was the the wind, the wind kind of coming in, which the, it wasn't as bad as it was in the Vikings game, but there was that kind of it's it, twenty mile per hour wind and gusts up to forty, which is kind of what it hit uh, against Minnesota. So I kind of went into it thinking, okay, the Packers should still win this one uh, because it's the, it's the Jaguars, it's in Lambeau, they still should be fine because the Jaguars' defense is bad, although they looked better this past week than from what I'd seen so far this year, but. Also, the wind is, but I, I kind of expected an uglier game, maybe a more conservative game plan. And the Packers were going downfield more than they did against the Vikings. They had better success with it. But I just kind of, I, I kind of expected an ugly game just due to the weather. And we got that. We got, you know what, I got a, we got an uncharacteristic uh, Rodgers interception they talked about on McAfee today. He had a, you know, Devontae had that fumble that, uh, <laughs> It was in a different part of the field, but looked an awful lot like uh, the Jennings fumble against the Falcons in the divisional round in 2010. That's that's the first thing that came to my mind when that happened. Uh, so yeah, just it was an ugly game. Packers won. I kind of expected an ugly game. So yeah, there's certainly things to clean up. Um, I was really excited to see the pass rush show up at times. I mean, they they went uh, they did dial up some blitzes, but I know especially at the end they had some four man rushes that just Gary and the Smiths and Kenny Clark just doing work uh, when they needed to do some work. So that was uh, that was really awesome to see. So I think pluses minuses ugly overall, but some I don't know. It was it was a win in their seven and two. So ultimately, I'm very happy right now. Yeah, I always love the people that just say throw away the tape doesn't matter. Like that's that's not really how it works. Like you, you <laughs> still can gain some stuff from that uh, from watching that tape. It wasn't pretty, but they did get the win, and there's there's things to learn and take away from that. Uh, overall, though, it was just it was an ugly game in the wind, and Packers did the things they needed to do down the stretch to win the game. So I think that's a that's a plus. There's there's plenty of minuses, but um, overall, just. You know, it's a win that the Packers were supposed to get, and they did it. So that's that's my biggest takeaway from that. We had our prop bet for the game. That was Aaron Rodgers passing touchdowns over under on three and a half. And Dusty and I got screwed uh, by some horrible calls from the referees mm -hmm. and an Aaron Rodgers rushing touchdown. So I've decided that this week just doesn't count. That's fair. That's I was going to bring um, that up, Steve. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's either that or it just it's you know the the refs had it in for us. It was completely fabricated and mm-hmm. it's uh, fraud fraud from the NFL. So mm-hmm. it should just be a win for Dusty and I as opposed for Sarah. Steve but, and I do have lawyers on the case here, so um, we're going to see how this turns out. They in, haven't been the super successful law. before, but uh, <laughs> we're going to give it a shot. We're going to give it a see shot. See what shakes. <laughs> just see what happens but as it is right now sarah did win the week so she is now pulled up to four and four uh dusty and i are both sitting at three and five we will have our new prop bet for the week when we preview the game here coming up um but we do have some news and notes things to go over that happened within the last 48 to 24 to 48 hours ish Biggest thing, uh, two biggest things, I guess. David Bakhtiari officially signs his extension with the Packers as left tackle of the future and beyond. Uh, you know, awesome, awesome stuff. What do you guys think? Like, was there any surprise or shock for you? I have a theory that uh, they, you know, th- there was a lot of talk of some of the energy levels. And Bakhtiari signed his deal the night before, so maybe there's a little bit of celebrating that went on with the team. Maybe Bakhtiari kind of had some guys over and they had some fun. I don't know. But, no, I mean, we kind of all hoped this was going to happen. We didn't know when. We thought maybe – I know I kind of thought after the season or something. So, for me, it's the timing more than anything. But it just – based on moves they made this past offseason at the tackle position, this seemed like something that they were planning on getting done at some point. It's just a matter of when. So, uh, so no, I – thrilled thrilled to have that out of the way yeah i was thrilled when i saw the news and i saw a couple people saying the same thing dusty and i also saw someone say that like they leaked the news at the point in the game where everyone was the angriest just so like people (laughs) would calm down um and that made me laugh too but yeah i was so excited we've talked about it you know time and time again um, on our episodes just about how important it was for him to get that extension and for him to be a part of his team pretty much as long as Aaron Rodgers is still there because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said they're best friends. So, um, you know, in addition to their off-field relationship, clearly he's the best at what he does in the game in general, um, and he's really grown into a leader for the team. So, yeah, I was just thrilled to see that news come in. It's ex- it's exactly what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Good things for him. Lots and lots of money for David Bakhtiari. Um, so 
Exciting news for the Packers. Even more exciting, too, for this coming week. Alan Lazard is now officially off Ooh. the IR. So the Lizard Man is back. We will uh, we'll actually probably break that down a little bit more during the Colts preview. So I'll just kind of pass right over that. But it is Tuesday, which means McAfee show for Aaron Rodgers. You two were able to listen to it. So, Sarah, what were was some of the takeaways that you had from the show? Yeah, I mean – Hilarious as always. Um, one of my favorite parts was h- how Aaron Rodgers explained uh, his rushing touchdown celebration <laughs> because I, I too, um, was very confused about what he said. So, uh, first of all, he said when he ran into the end zone, he thought, and he scored, he thought, what would Scott Stapp do? And I was like, who is Scott Stapp? And so I just Googled <laughs> his name, and he is... <laughs> the lead singer of Creed. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So that made me laugh. Um, and then when he said that, everyone on the Pat McAfee show, like in perfect unison, like I I don't know if they planned this, but it it seemed like they did. They all just started singing with arms wide open, like in perfect unison. It was hilarious. Um, and so he said when he like leaned back and put his hands out to the side and yelled, he yelled, I love gold because of gold member from the austin powers movie and apparently nathaniel hackett the packers offensive coordinator is like obsessed with that movie he called they call the red zone the gold zone because of that movie and because of that character um and so he said anytime that they put their hands up that's if, when they score a touchdown that that's what they yell and i thought that was really interesting because there's been multiple times I've seen Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones do that to each other. So like, that's what they were saying this whole time. <laughs> and so I, I just thought that was very interesting. And it's also something where if there were fans and like everyone was screaming and super loud, we would probably never figure these things out because we would never heard a soundbite like that. But because we heard the soundbite, we kind of, you know, were able to hear the explanation of what that was. So that was just interesting to me was, um, him walking through what was going through his mind. He said he thought about jumping up um, to do a Lambo leap, but was like, no one's there. I'm old. That's looking pretty high. So I'm just, <laughs> just going to go for like the hockey boards um, hit instead. So, I mean, it was a full breakdown. It was like Dusty breaking down the Packers offense, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers breaking down his celebration. So I, I uh, quote tweeted the clip and said, like, this is an absolute must watch. So if you want to check it out, it's on my Twitter. That was weird. That was like two different ways of Sarah making us feel old. Like she just compared mm-hmm. you to Aaron Rodgers saying you were yeah. old and explaining stuff way too long. And then mm-hmm. also didn't know who uh, the lead singer from Creed was. I'm, and... I don't know about you, Steve. I'm super jealous that Sarah did not know who Scott Stapp was right offhand. Like, I wish that was something I could get rid of in my mind, but I can't. I just... At least I knew I know who Creed is. Like, that would be bad if no, I didn't no. know that. I just didn't know that was the specific singer's name. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a, a Christian music career after that. Actually, um, his his albums were not good. Do not do not listen to Scott <laughs> Steps albums. <laughs> oh my so, God, do you have listened to them? I was working at a Christian bookstore at the time. I think when his first one came out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah, I listened to listened to like I think a couple songs at a rep that was pushing me on on his first Christian album. So I listened to a couple songs and went, you know, I don't think this is for me. This is this is not my thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me, there was a couple, I mean, a couple things, um, 
the gold member stuff was obviously, I think, the highlight. Uh, that was tremendous. Um, Rogers talked about one of the things he talked about uh, about this specific game. He he referenced the uh, hidden yardage of the game, uh, just basically field position. Hidden yardage, if I'm not mistaken, is a term that came from uh, from I'm blanking on the name of the book right now, but it's 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 an old school kind of uh, football analytics book. Um, I think Bill Carroll or something wrote it. I, I'm blanking on the game inside the game or something like that. Uh, and so I actually kind of looked at that. And I mean, the field position, when you're thinking, when you're talking about that stuff, field position is super important. The Packers' average start was at their own 22 yard line, and the Jaguar, Jaguars' actual or average start was at uh, their own 34 yard line. So, I mean, that makes a pretty big difference. The Packers had three drives start inside their 10. The Jaguars had two Packers had three. So, I mean, that makes a huge difference when you're talking about it. So Rogers talked about that aspect as far as like making the game a little harder for the offense and maybe a little easier for the Jaguars offense. Just that field position is kind of a big deal. Um, and he also talked about, uh, they asked him what he wanted to do because he he, been, he was talking about – they asked him why he liked uh, Nathaniel Hackett so much because it comes up a lot. And he talked about the fact that uh, you know Nathaniel Hackett's the son of Paul Hackett and Paul Hackett's a little West Coast guy. He talked about some of the calls like the, the Adams fourth down conversion from I think last week and then the MVS touchdown I think from the previous week uh, being part of a, a sprint out. It was a whirl route. Um, that was this, he said the same call that Dwight Clark, uh, that the catch was, that was the same call as that. And so he kind of talked about kind of the history there and also just in terms of like, just, just hack it. Uh, and, oh, and through that, I guess he started talking about the, some of the different terminology they use in that. So it was brought up, Hey, you're really good at talking about football. The way you talk about the game, the way you understand the game, do you have any interest in pursuing a broadcast career and all this is over? And Rogers basically said, he said, when I'm done, I want to be done. He said, I've given enough of myself to the game. I've been playing since I think what he say he was eight. I think he's played for 16 years in the league. He said he, he might be open to like mentoring high school kids working as like maybe a youth coach or something. But he said, for as far as the pro level, he said, mentally, physically, I've given them enough. Uh, and, and I just don't have any interest in that. So I thought that was really interesting that he's clearly put some thought into that. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, you never know what's going to happen in, I don't know, you know, 10 years when he retires or, you know, whenever he ends up retiring, you don't know how the mindset changes, but I know for now it seems like he's not thinking of doing that at all, which I thought was interesting that he seemed to put that amount of thought into it. And then he also just talked about, well, I guess, last thing, that interception. I mean, it's just, it was an, I was looking at it, it's uncharacteristic because MVS is crossing the field and that coverage is on him the entire way. They didn't disguise anything. And they asked him about that and Roger said, it just pre-snap. Like, and you can see if you watch his head, he never looks at MVS till MVS crosses his line of vision. He said, based on the pre-snap coverage, it looked like MVS was going to be wide open. He was looking for EQ on the double move. It wasn't there. When he saw MVS, he didn't even see the defender. He just said MVS is open, so he threw it. He said it was one of those that uh, you throw it, and it's it's the uh, he says oh crap as soon as he as soon as that ball is out of his hands, as soon as he threw it, he knew it was gone. But he just he had no idea because it just it was kind of kind of looking at uh, looking at the other coverage and thought he had him open. So that kind of stuff there, just uh, I don't know. I think that's interesting when he kind of talks about some of that stuff. So that's he had a bunch of more stuff, but uh, that's that's some of the some of the big stuff. It was a it's always a fun week just hearing him talk about football and a whole bunch of different stuff. It's always fun. Yeah, anytime you can check out uh, McAfee's Twitter, it'll, they always post like all the really good clips of everything. So if you don't have time to watch the entire show, there's always good clips out there um, that that you know can get you a good good idea of what's talked about on the show. So let's jump in. Week eleven, the Green Bay Packers sitting at seven and two, heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts that are six and three. 
So, as always for the Pack-A-Day podcast, what we'll be doing is looking at the Packers offense versus the Colts defense um, for this week. And what we do is we'll take the one thing that we're looking for. And this week we had our little discussion before the show even started, and it seems that we're all kind of in varying levels looking at some of the same things. So I'm going to start, then Sarah will go, and then Dusty will finish us off because we'll – go in varying levels of detail. <laughs> uh, as you all know, we, we leave it to Dusty to do all the uh, the dirty work and the, the in-depth discussion of what the Packers are going to do and the things he's looking for. But what I'm going to be looking for is getting the Lizard Man back and what that's going to do for the Packers offense uh, as the number two, like a true number two receiver. His blocking ability is something I really want to see again. I mean, I love MVS. I think he's he's starting to get that confidence again, but he's not the guy that you want blocking on the edge or taking taking cornerbacks down, trying to take on a linebacker. That's not what he's going to excel at. And they, I think something the Packers have been doing really well this year is putting their players in good positions to succeed at the things that they do well and MVS runs fast and runs far, and I think that's what they should have him doing. And Lazard is great at possession and blocking ability, so getting him back and having him do those things, uh, just getting them back to doing the things that they're really good at, I think that's going to be a, a welcome welcome addition to the Packers' offense. So I'm going to be watching for that. Sarah, what are you looking for? Yeah, when I first saw this game on the Packers' schedule, I it wasn't one that particularly st- – out to me so now that it's here I'm like okay it's actually a really important game for both teams you know whoever wins it's a great push um, for a legit playoff run Uh, both are in first place in their divisions and coming off wins so I think it's going to be a great game Um, Colts had a little bit of a longer week off because they played the Thursday night football game uh, last week so that's something that I kind of took into consideration as well Uh, According to ESPN right now, the Colts have the best defense in the NFL when you consider all factors, Um, and they're particularly good at stopping the run and keeping teams, it looks like, on average under like 100 total rushing yards per game. So that was something that kind of caught my eye. Um, And then you know, looking at their stats, it looks like if the Packers are going to beat them anywhere, it is in the air. And I'm curious with, you know, Devontae and Lazard, and MVS all together this week. You know, this is the first time that um, I think Matt Schneidman reported that it'll be the first time Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard have been on the field together since uh, the third quarter in week two when uh, Devontae went out with that hamstring injury. So this is huge for the Packers. Like you said, Steve, they've been able to succeed and put guys in the places where they're most successful. But, you know, how they're going to utilize all three of their top uh, wide receivers together and how they're going to beat Um, the Colts in the air is something that I'm going to be looking for because I think it's really easy to double team Devontae Adams and take him out of the equation. And we saw in the last weeks that then MDS kind of had to step up and be the guy when Devontae wasn't open in situations like that. But when you add Lazard into that mix, then there's two guys that are there that can really make plays and can make things happen. And that's just another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to be looking out just for, how they utilize the three of them together, um, because I think that's the key for the Packers uh, to win this game. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy one for them. 
Yeah, I mean, and for me, I mean, I'll kind of get into that as one other thing as well. I kind of want to talk about, but the first thing I want to say is just, you know, when I was looking at this game, it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I was like, well, you know, obviously the pass rush is going to be a problem because the guys like Joey Bosa. And then I was like, oh no, wait, no, Philip Rivers is on the Colts now. He's on the he's on the Colts now. He's not with the Chargers anymore. So that that bit of prep kind of threw me off and I, do, I don't care for it very much but uh yeah I mean I think the pass game is going to be very important I think some of that based on what the Colts want to do I know um uh, this you know against the Titans and against other teams as well this is not rare to the Colts this is just the kind of the way it goes when you've got a certain amount of people at your disposal when they go too high teams have shown uh, too high safeties teams have shown a, a, an ability to be able to run against them basically every time they went too high against the Titans if the Titans actually ran the ball chunk plays 15 20 yards even beyond that sometimes it's seven but they're picking up yards on the ground and then they have to drop that they have to drop that other guy in go a little more single high to kind of help stop that run a little bit and then suddenly that opens stuff up down the field so basically i mean some of this is they're going to give them that look early can the packers win those matchups up front because that offensive line win against that titan or the, the colts front in order to 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 be able to get those runs to because if you if you can't run against too high colts are just going to go too high and that makes the passing game harder. So they have to be effective against the run, against that too high, to force the Colts to drop that guy down in there. It's it's important as far as some of the personnel the Packers are running, working with, to be able to kind of look to sell that run, to keep them in those looks, to bring that extra safety down in order to open up the field. Because there were there were plays on the field. I mean, against the Titans, you had you know it was a block punt that went for a touchdown, so that was seven that the that the offense didn't score. Uh, so that was a special teams thing. But then you also had just Tannehill's missing throws, and he's missing throws that Rodgers isn't necessarily going to miss so if the offensive line can hold up uh give rogers some time to throw and then just open some lanes in the running game against too high to force that safety down that's going to be absolutely huge so i mean that's that's one thing here and the other thing is um that i noticed and and part of this we were talking before the show on this as well um what are the Packers going to do to be able to, to counter some of the aggressiveness of the colts on the edge uh we saw the titans this past week run play action bootleg a bunch <laughs> Which is something the Packers do quite a bit as well. You you know you play action one way, you bootleg out the other way, and you've got three receivers, three to four receivers flooding that that bootleg area. What the Titan or that the Colts did to kind of combat that against the Titans because they knew that was coming is that Edge just stays home and then he's just in the face of Tannehill, and so you're, you're pressuring the throw. Packers run that a lot, run PA boot a lot. I don't know if you can hear my dog behind me, but thank you, dog behind me. Um, <laughs> Uh, Packers run that a lot, and they didn't run that a whole lot this past week against the Jags. But they do have some variations to that. So part of me wonders if they kind of limited their use of PA boot this past week to get ready for this Colts game because they didn't want to show a whole lot. So if the Colts kind of keep that same defensive mindset, if they have that edge kind of staying home on the bootleg there and pressuring Rodgers, if instead of having that full boot, they do like a half boot roll and they look at like some throwback screens or a throwback over the top on a corner instead of kind of going with the bootleg there and so that's kind of one of those things with based on if the Colts use that same some of the same defensive game plan which given the offenses they're facing it wouldn't shock me if some of the stuff carries over how is that going to play and how do the Packers kind of combat that I have to assume they're going to have some counters uh some variations to some of their core concepts especially on that boot stuff so those are two of the two of the big things I'm really looking for this week I mean, this is going to go down as legendary stuff. I mean, we had the episode that Sarah's frog was going crazy, and now we got your dog, which is just – I was saying, is that, what you, is that what you call your dog is just say, hey, dog? Uh, time, <laughs> you didn't time, even refer to it as a name at that point. Yeah, just, no, her name is Rosie, but times like this, I do refer to her as dog, yes. Okay, can we also back up? Because 
Steve literally said Sarah's frog. Like I own a frog and have it as a pet. Everyone no. in Florida does, sir. Yeah, no. For just to clear this up, there was a frog outside my window that and I'm sitting right next to my window when I record our podcast. I do not have a pet frog. Just had to clear that up. <laughs> Isn't that something like you get as soon as you move to Florida, you just get a pet frog and a four loco or something like that? You know how, like, in Idaho, if you're five, when you show up in the Idaho airport, there's like they're supposed to give you a potato. You know how that's like a joke? I feel like that's what I just imagined in my head where you like walk into the airport at Florida and they're like, here's your frog. Like, that's. Uh, it's got to be something weird to that for, for Florida, like a boa constrictor or something crazy like that. So, <sighs> yeah, I don't even know. Um, we're just handing out cases of COVID up here in Wisconsin. That's what we do. So well, everyone's got their thing, Steve. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Dusty, all right, let's have you break down. This was your week to do the prop bet. So what did you come up with for us? All right. So I looked, I was trying to figure something out and I ended up going, uh, going up relatively simple. So we had, um, this year, we've talked about the Colts defense a lot already. The Colts defense is really, really good. I've not looked to see where they rank, but um, their opponents are averaging 19.7 points per game. That's not great. Now, they've got, like, I think they've got one 30-point against on the books. That's it. That's the Browns. Um, they held the Jets to seven. I almost want to throw that Jets game out. But 19.7 is really, really good through, through, through you know, week 10. The Packers are scoring 30.8 points a game. So... As we're talking about before, we're going to do our prop bet. It's going to be over under Packers points scored this week, and we're just going to split the difference. So we're going to set the over under on Packers points score at 24 and a half. So who's going for me and you are, are low. Steve, I'll yep. go first. Yep. You know what, Steve? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. I'm going first. I'm going to go because this is going very poorly for me. Um, and so I'm looking for any possible way to turn this around, including. Are you just... now going to start fading yourself like Sarah did? <laughs> no. No. It I'm just going to. It, it did work. It did work, man. I'm not going to hate on her method. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and and I'm I'm looking at the dumbest possible thing I can look at. They've scored 30 going back to week four. These are their points by week: 30, 10, 35, 22, 34, 22. They've scored 30 every other week, and they did not score 30 this past week. Therefore, scoring 30 this coming week. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over as well. I think the addition of Alan Lazard getting back into it, uh, finally having like all the offensive weapons at their disposal, I think there's, there's going to be too many things that the Colts won't be able to stop. Like, okay, if you want to take Aaron Jones away, let us throw the ball. Uh, if you were going to try to take away the pass, then let Aaron Jones eat. Let Jamal Williams eat. Like, that's – you can't the, – the beauty of the Packers offense when everybody is there and everybody's healthy is you pick one thing to try to stop and you're going to get screwed by the other one. So I'm excited to see that coming back, and I would say the over is where I would be leaning. I'm going the opposite way. I'm taking the under. So I, I don't know Ooh. why. I feel like it's going to be close. Like I could see the Packers scoring 24 points and it'd be right there, <laughs> but I'm taking the under. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling. Well, um, if they score 24, you technically would win. It's 24 and a half, right? Dusty. It's 24 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's going to be close. They're going to score 24. Like if I win, it'll be right there. If I lose, uh... it could be like 27. Like, I think it's going to be in that range. So my method of thinking here was not 
that I was like, oh, that's the opposite of what I think um, this week. But it was oh, just sweet. Me. She's back to regular logic. <laughs> All right. We're good. We're good. We got it, week. Steve. I mean, already just book it. <laughs> it baby. was just basically <laughs> Packers by 700. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically what I said before. I mean, Colts have a really good defense and meaning you know, who knows what the Packers game plan is going to be going into this one. I think we're, the Packers are going to win, but it might be a lower scoring game, a similar score to what we saw this past week with the Jaguars. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day head to bet online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sports book experts makes sense so there you go uh dusty and i both have over 24 and a half sarah with the under uh if uh the good guys do win like we predict then we'll all be squared up uh with no idea what our bet is yet so. <laughs> <laughs> you know. maybe we'll have to do some kind of a twitter story or fleet whatever it is now that that's a thing so i refuse I, I refuse to fleet so exactly. That's why you should have to if you lose. I think I'd much rather do a shot of Tabasco sauce. I think I could handle that. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are you supposed to even put in your – like, I don't know. I don't know. story. I don't do the stories on Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. I don't know what the hell – why you have to have posts and stories. And, like, it's just stupid. Oh, that's – this is the oldest man you've ever sounded, Steve. I love yeah, it. I know. I love Wait, it no, so I love much. what he said. I don't do the stories. I like, that, the stories. that was great. <laughs> I watch my stories. I don't do my stories. <laughs> I have a glass of red wine. I watch my stories. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's jump in. We got questions from everybody, as we always do, to kind of get uh, the pulse of what you want to hear about to end the episode with. So first one we've got from Sia wants to know, my burning question is the ferocity or rather lack of ferocity on defense. Is this a scheme or a player issue? Go pack. Dusty, what do you think? It, I, I kind of tend towards scheme. Um, and, and part of that is, I go back to um, Fritz Schirmer. I'd read Fritz Schirmer's book. Um, I've gone through that a couple times, one of his defensive coaching books. And one of the things he always talks about is is the is making sure you're playing fast and aggressive. And a lot of that is on scheme. You can get athletes. You can get guys. You can get athletes or non-athletes. You can get guys that fit what you want to do. But ultimately what you got to do is you got to make the scheme. you got to make some of that stuff simple enough to where guys are able to play, guys are able to follow and be aggressive without thinking too much. Because if you're overthinking things – that means you're hesitating. So the goal, the goal on that side of the ball, I mean, is just, and it, it gets complicated. It's not as simple as all that, but it gets complicated a little bit, but that's, that's the main goal you're going for. You make it as simple as you can. You hammer that in. It's good coaching. You hammer that into guys' heads. So some of it's, 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 you know, scheme and coaching, 
you hammer that in guy's head so they know. They know what they're supposed to do. You can play hard. You can play fast. You play downhill. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Because the moment you hesitate, you start playing slow. You can have the best athletes on the field. You can have some very smart guys on the field. And if the scheme isn't working or if the coaching isn't quite where it should be, you're going to have some hesitation in there. I think you're seeing a lot of that uh, with the Cowboys uh, under Nolan this year as well. Um, and so, I mean, I think I think you can say it's a mixture of both. But for me, just, just seeing – guys on that side of the ball and just knowing what some of those guys can do or at least what they're capable of and then seeing some of the some of the hesitation uh, you know especially close to the line i kind of tend towards uh uh, scheme coaching on that sarah anything to add yeah i agree with dusty and i think you know he said it more beautifully and eloquently than i ever could but i lean more towards like the scheme and the coaching just because i think like there are good players on this defense and sometimes we just don't fully see like them doing what we know they can and it's like so frustrating we're like just just let them do that or like call this instead of that so you know that I just kind of lean towards that more yeah I mean I I agree with both of you guys like we're on some level it's it's the some of the calls that are coming in but on another level it is on some level the players where I feel like the last couple of weeks where the the heart and I feel like Jair is the heart and soul of that defense, and that's where that swag comes from. And you can I feel like you feel it the last two games where it's just it's not there. And I mean the you know Z's bringing as much as he can, and he can only do so much with Preston not doing a lot. And it's just it's not as much as when you know Jair's shutting down one side if he gets e- if he even gets a ball thrown at him then he <laughs> can do his celebrating and you know he can celebrate on a run stop that he does but i feel like that when when he's coming back and he's healthy to go like that's going to be a key piece to that defense and you know not doing uh, three man rushes i think that's a really really good idea to stop <laughs> stop doing that Next up, we've got uh, Tron Wolner wants to know, Goody mentioned an opportunity to sign players not usually available this spring. Who would be your top three targets? So this one was an interesting question just because it's very, very difficult to determine who the targets are going to be at this point because what Goody was referencing is the salary cap most likely dropping down to what people are projecting at about 175 million for next year and then hopefully bouncing back up they still don't know um for the following season so there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in trouble (coughs) new orleans saints (laughs) and there's going to be a lot of cuts and people that normally wouldn't be available if the cap would have gone up incrementally another 10 million like it's been for the past couple of years that wouldn't have been the case. So this year, it looks like uh, this coming off season, there'll probably be some veterans, some people that were making more money than uh, they, they than these teams can afford at the minute. And so there's going to be more and more people on the free agent market. So hopefully, there's going to be some value around you know like day five, day six, as opposed to the day one stuff slash signings. So don't expect those big signings, but expect the backers to be involved in a lot more of the bargain hunting veteran kind of thing than, than normal. I would say you guys agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right to me. All right. Next up we have Ken Ingles. Um, And again, if you're not following Ken and you want to know about the Packers cap, follow Ken because he breaks it down all the time. It's awesome. Uh, But he wants to know the Packers currently only have two players under contract for the 2024 season. 
Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari. Uh, Jordan Love's fifth-year option doesn't count as of yet. So he's saying outside of Jair Alexander, who's the next Packer on the roster you want to see locked up long-term? Sarah, who are you thinking? This is tough. A couple people come to mind. Um, I think like a quick, easy answer that has risk is Kevin King. Like when he's there and he's healthy, he's great. And I want him on the team, but he also gets hurt a lot. Someone else that I think about is Corey Lindsley. I think he's a player that quietly does a lot of great things. And similar to Bakhtiari, like he is an essential piece to the Packers offense. And the longer he is there, the happier, you know, Aaron Rodgers or whoever is playing quarterback will be. Um, so those are kind of two that come to mind. I know Dusty has a few, so I'll let him uh, share his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Lindsley's a good one. Um, I, I think he had a kind of a rough game this past week, but I think he's had his best season so far. Uh, I think, I mean, there's, there's a, a handful of guys that, like, depending on how this year goes – uh, I could really go all in on. I think I think Elton Jenkins is certainly one of those guys. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of paying a guard big money or locking him up, but he's shown he can at least temporarily man some other positions. I, I, he feels like a guy that you could kind of put anywhere and he would succeed. So I think Jenkins is cer- certainly on the short list. And then, uh, you know, I think Gary has shown enough flashes, and I think Savage has done some really good things as well. So, I mean, I think if, if Savage turns out to be the guy they traded up for in the first round, uh He's he's right up there, I think, for me. Just based on based on athletic profile, and then if if the light clicks on for him, if he, they start using him like he can show to be, I think Savage, Savage, Savage or Jenkins, I think are my two guys. Yeah, I really, Dusty, I agree. Those are a lot of the people I was actually thinking of was Elton Jenkins. I know Sarah mentioned Corey Lindsley. I've seen some things of letting Lindsley walk and then moving Jenkins to center and having that be your permanent center for, for the next several years and then locking him up, which, uh, you know, would make sense. So there's that. I, I also saw one reply. I'm trying to see if I can scroll through and find it really quick. But um, somebody actually mentioned just kind of a low-key, under-the-radar kind of signing extension would be Robert Tanya, uh, Robert Tunyon, mm-hmm. who seems to have a, a pretty good rapport with Rodgers. Um that was from Carl Christensen. He he had mentioned that you could get him on a cheap, you know, two three year deal, and then kind of push him out, which would be that one would be a really good one, I think. Um, but like you said, Savage seems to ish be turning a corner. Um, you need to see some more, but they seem to be really kind of honing in on the best way to use him. It's not just throwing him all the way deep in safety. It's putting him in the box, using him in that uh, like Tyron Matthew type role and kind of having him all over the field. And so if he continues to grow into that role, I think, Dusty, you're right. That's that's definitely somebody um, who you want to to lock up long term. So hopefully Ken, Ken enjoys that uh, answer. So I'm sure he'll tweet us. So we'll, we'll get some good answers from him. Uh, next up, we've got from William Ledford. Uh, why does it seem like the Packers have transitioned more towards a 50-50 split with Jones and Williams? Is it due to <laughs> keeping them healthy or more confidence? In what- why are you not a laugh? You know, just you already know where this is we going, get man. Questions geared for you all the time. Why can't people ask me questions? No, because I I like hearing your age a little bit. I'm just I'm getting ready for it. <laughs> Uh, you know, you guys can answer first. Go ahead. Are you I sure? Yeah, I kind of just want to hear your answer, to be honest. Just, just to 
piss Steve off mainly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The Packers do things on purpose just to make my blood boil and to piss me off. Be like, look, I get it. I get it. I like Jamal Williams. He's a very talented back, but that offense looks very different when Aaron Jones gets the ball. It's not that hard to figure out. It's like 2018 all over again, where I'm arguing like ramming my head into a wall trying to talk to Mike McCarthy like what the hell are you doing how do you not see that one guy is clearly better than the other and I get it they both bring different aspects to the game they both do different things well but you can't tell me that Jamal Williams is it's just I, I don't understand it it's just one of those things that's that will perpetually just annoy me it's like that in inside linebackers I'll just I'll never get it I'll never understand why they do things the way that they do but um I don't know. I, I don't really have a good answer as to why they're, they're splitting it more and more. Like Jamal Williams does some good things. I get it. I think I would be more comfortable if it was like a 70 30 type of split, but um, I don't know. Maybe you guys have an answer for me. I think part of it right now might still be a health thing. I mean, Jones is yeah. coming off that calf. Um, I, I, I think he's looked fine. I just, I don't know that he's been his usual explosive self uh, on a play by play basis. So I don't know if some of that is maybe he's not a hundred percent, maybe Jones is 80% and to manage that for now. And then also kind of going forward, uh, maybe, you know, Dylan had that setback with COVID who knows what he's going to turn into. Maybe they see, okay, these are two backs going forward. And if one guy's kind of nursing an injury halfway through the season, we kind of split that a little more now because he's not hundred percent. So I think because I and I didn't look at the numbers. I feel like they were featuring Jones more heavily before the injury, and I just think part of me just thinks it's it's caution coming back from the injury, blah, and also blah, to make blah. Steve really mad. Blah blah blah. Uh, all right, next up we've got a question from Cole. Wants to know: Did MVS finally turn the corner? Or are my hopes and dreams going to be crushed again this week <laughs> when he doesn't catch any of his targets? Oh, that's a good one, Cole. I like that. Um, uh, I mean, I'm still more on the wait and see type of response to that question. I, it's great. He's been producing the last two games. Now that Alan Lazard's back, I'll be interested to see how he is used again, if it's more just on the deep balls or um, whatever. But, I mean, he's – Two games in a row, it's a good thing. Like being able to have two successful games in a row, putting up big numbers. Obviously, Rodgers does trust him and thinks that he can do well. Like he continually throws the ball even with the drops and everything. So, I mean, I, I'm i hopeful. I don't know. What what do you think, Dusty? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about as big an MVS fan as you'll find. I mean, I think just, just his game, just who he is, I think he's always going to be high variance. I think he's going to have games – where he's very, very good, and I think games where he's going to struggle a little bit. I mean, he's he's shown he can be that deep threat. He's They use him a lot on those kind of underneath crossers. You know, they, the interception came in one of those, but he also had, I think, a 35-yard completion off uh, play-action boot that he just kind of outran a guy through the middle of the field. Uh, he can run a comeback route. Like, he's got speed, but he also is better. This is, you know, it, people are going to get mad at this because people get mad at things, but he's, he's better than Jeff Janis. Um He's got speed. He knows how to use it and could also run multiple routes. So I think he's good. I mean, I think he's better than a lot of people gave him credit for early in the season. Uh, I also think just the way he plays is going to be high variance. And I've talked about this before. I mean, I don't – he cannot catch a ball and still impact the defense and help the offense um, in a way that a lot of other guys can't. So, I mean, I think – uh, he's. I think he's going to have ups and downs. Um, I, I don't think he's going to catch every single ball. I don't think he's going to have, you know, 80 yards a game. I don't think he's going to be that consistent. I just think he's going to have certain games where he has huge splash plays, and I think other games he's not going to do much. I think it's that's just that's who he is, and there's nothing. There's absolutely 
positively nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think, I mean, everything that you guys said, and I think he's trending in the right direction. I think if he can have another game this week where, you know, he's making some big catches, that just builds his confidence up even more, and that'll be three games in a row now that he's been able to come through and deliver. So uh, he's definitely, you know, moving in the right direction, and I think if he can come through this week, it'll be huge. And it'll be perfect timing in the season for him to, you know, feel more confident as we get deeper and deeper um, and closer to, you know, hopefully playoffs and everything that comes with that. Very cool. Uh, Next up, we've got Sean Franken, who wants to know, would any of you eat Oreos flavored with tears of Vikings and Bears fans? So many questions. Like, are there are there yeah. actual tears in there, or is it just the flavoring of the tears? Because I mean, if it's the actual tears, I'm not touching any of that because I don't want I don't want anybody else's you know bodily fluids in my cookies. That's just gross. But I mean, flavor wise, if it's just a flavor and it's Bears and Vikings losses, that I mean, I'm in. I'm down to try them at least. I don't yeah, know. I'm I'm I am of the mind. I mean, just just on that topic. I don't. I don't really care who other people cheer for. I have. I hold no grudges against uh, the Vikings as a whole, or Vikings fans, or Bears fans. Like I honestly, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Like seeing seeing a team uh, lose and their teams get sad. There's not a whole lot that moves the needle for me on that. I think I'm. I think I'm old and don't care about it anymore. But like I don't. It doesn't. It, it does nothing for me at this point. I just want to feel alive, Steve. It doesn't help me feel more alive, you understand. So what's the point? Wow, we've had some very depressing old man answers tonight. <laughs> I think we're all locked up in our houses a little too much now. It's just, uh, yeah. it's not good. It's not good. Sarah, would you eat uh, tear-flavored Oreo cookies? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't I feel know. Like no. The least enthusiastic we've been about Oreo cookies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, kind of what Dusty said. Like, I I love like a good rivalry, but I'm not gonna get like super sensitive or upset about it unless someone like comes at me. Like, if you start like pestering me, like I know people from high school that I'm like I haven't talked to you in years, like in literal years, and like the Packers will play their team and they'll like DM me. Or text me if they still have my number and they're like, oh, like it's going down this week. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't even know what you're doing. And you're you're like in my DMs saying like it's on, like all this, like leave me alone. So that's the, that's the only time where like I get like I'm like, OK, yeah, yeah, we are going to beat you. And like I'm I'm pissed off now. So other than that, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Did did she answer if she was going to eat Oreos? I don't know. She said no. Said right no. off the bat, she said no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, you know, we're apparently we're all like overtired or something. This turned into like a bitch fest. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one of uh, the mailbag we've got from Ken Payne. Are we more limited by playmakers, play calling, or both? When we have dynamic guys like Swerve, Tay, and Lazard out, um, Sarah, what do you think? Should we just let Dusty handle this one? I think so. Yeah, sounds like a Dusty question. All right. Ooh, so, I'm so <laughs> mad that Dusty got asked a question. <laughs> listen, listen, l- listen to me get mad about it. Uh, all right, Devonte. So we're talking Devonte, Lazard, and Tyler Irvin. So we're talking about two receivers. 
uh, two of your main receivers at this point. We'll call them. We'll call them one and two. You can argue MVS. That's fine. But we talk about what Lazard brings to the offense. We'll say one and two, and Tyler Irvin, who is your main jet sweep guy. Um, and I've talked about jet sweep motion before, and and kind of who can run that and what's effective with that. You don't want Geronimo Allison on that because we've seen it; and it doesn't do anything. You need to threaten the defense horizontally to make that work, and to make that work, you need a guy who's not only fast but has at least some kind of quick twitch athleticism. Someone who can get the ball in their hands, turn up field fast, and make the defense react to that. That's what you're trying to get out of that. So you're talking about okay, not only your top two wide receivers theoretically, but you're also talking about your jet sweep guy. So you're missing out on receiving options. You're also missing out on your jet sweep stuff. And then beyond that, okay, now who does that leave on the field that can run this stuff? So MVS is your number one. I just talked about him. You can run different routes with him. That's fine. You've also got Tanyan out there. You've got Sternberger out there. Tanyan, sorry, Sternberger and stuff out there. But that also leaves your jet sweep man as EQ, essentially, is about the only guy left on the roster right now that can run that stuff. And you got Malik Taylor's running some of that stuff and then Darius Shepard, but I think EQ is kind of the best at that as far as threatening based on what his skill set gives you. So not only, okay, so you're missing your top two wide receivers, when you're running jet motion stuff, you're typically for the most part, that jet motion guy is going to sit in the flat afterwards. His job's done. Sometimes you'll see him run a route. He's, he's generally the check down guy, but whoever that is, you're taking him out. Irvin's not a huge part of the offense, which means you run him on jet sweep and then he sits in the flat. And it's fine because you don't have a lot of huge plans for him anyway. But you now take a guy like EQ or Taylor or Shepard. You've removed him from the receiving options. And now your receiving options ahead of that are MVS, Tunyon, Sternberger, and, you know, Taylor, Shepard, whoever else it is. You're, you're, you're bringing everyone down, essentially, at that point. You've got just, you're, you're a step or two down the depth chart. And then once you add that jet sweep motion in there as well, you're kind of like everything just kind of gets taken down and on. So I think a lot of teams, I mean, most teams are going to be hurt if you take away a guy who's one of their main weapons on something they like to do, that jet motion a lot, and their top two wide receivers. So, I mean, play calling, you can still call plays with those guys, but you're obviously going to suffer if you're missing that top end talent anyway. And then also with the role playingness of it as well. So uh, I think you're, I mean, in that case, it's probably a longer answer than he was expecting. That's fine. But in that case, you're you're limited by both, essentially. You're probably running the same play calls, but you're limited more by the playmakers and what you can do with those guys on the field at that point. The end. You still not going to lie. I didn't listen to that at all. <laughs> no, I know. I was looking at your faces when I was talking, and I was like, Sarah legit fell asleep at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> Is it frozen, or did she fall asleep? Yeah, <laughs> No, I, I I was just kidding. I actually did listen to that. Thanks, Steve. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll actually wrap it up for us. That uh, thank you guys as always for your questions. We always love knowing what you guys want to hear about and try to am- answer them to the best of our ability. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's about it. We'll be talking to you guys next week when we do hopefully uh, a Packers victory over the Colts plus, uh, you know, 25 plus points, all that good stuff. <laughs> but before we go, let's hit some closing thoughts. Sarah, what do you got for me? Nothing crazy. Just um, the usual uh, thanks to you guys for always listening. And I hope everyone is staying safe. I know a lot of uh, COVID numbers are spiking back up. So, you know, I hope everyone's taking the precautions they can, wearing a mask when they're going out and if they're around people. Um, and yeah, just wishing everyone um, happiness, good health. I know the holidays are coming up, so it'll be a little strange this year with just with the world we live in. But I hope everyone, you know, has a good holiday season despite the circumstances. And other than that, I'll have my uh, weekly recap up after the game. It'll be Sunday night. 
it'll go up since it's a 425 game this weekend or 325 central time for those of you that are in that time zone. So, and you guys have been amazing um, sharing some of your feedback uh, with the, after the first half and then after the game's over on Twitter. Uh, love hearing what you guys have to say. I know I only include a couple of them in my story, but I do read through every single one and they make me chuckle and laugh out loud sometimes. So thanks for being awesome and for listening as always. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, normal stuff. So yesterday over in Pack Report, I had uh, a breakdown on kind of a couple swing passes, a swing pass to Jones, and then how that kind of, they faked that to kind of come back on a screen. And the screen wasn't successful because of a drop pass and kind of an errant throw, but uh, it was kind of, it opened. So it kind of showed how one thing sets up another. So I've got that. And then today over at, at uh, Packer Report in the afternoon, I've got to look at a couple pressure things. I've got a delayed blitz from Christian Kirksey as well as a Dean Lowry batted ball. Um on that last Jaguars drive that legit could have saved the game for the Packers. Um, so I've got that going up. And then later today over at Cheesehead, I've got uh, Passing Chronicles, my passing concept thing, where I've got, you know, I've got the MVS TD. I've got MVS kind of working in a hole in the zone, kind of seeing him kind of recognizing the coverage and, and fading back against it, which is really cool to see. And we've got some mesh variations. Um, and then beyond that, I guess, lastly, is just uh, if you know <laughs> – been following Packers people at all. If if you've been following any Packers coverage, you know uh, you know Big B. Um, Big B yeah. is over at the Underage Packers podcast uh, with Joey the Jaguar. They do good work over there. They're they're <laughs> what they're doing is way better than likely what I was doing at that age. Um, and they're oh, I mean, they're doing not even not even close, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they're doing they're doing really good work over there. Uh, Big B. I legit don't even know his actual name. I just know that he is Big B. Um, it's lasted. Is it Brandon? Okay. Last week he announced he had cancer. I think actually he's getting released from the hospital today. Um, I had a, a niece that beat leukemia uh, years ago. Um, it's it's a hard road, man, for a lot of people. But um, you got this, brother. We, we we believe in you. We're here for you. He was on, I don't know if you saw this, he was on the Jamal Williams show over at Game on Wisconsin uh, today. Uh, his, his, his whole thing is he loves Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the GOAT. And he got to talk to Jamal Williams today, uh, I think from the hospital, which was uh, which was pretty incredible. So uh, we're here for you, brother. Uh, you got this. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got some stuff working working for him. Um, we've got a, a, a big uh, care package coming his way, uh, hopefully by the end of the week. So so that'll be that'll be good. But he's uh, he's a really cool kid. I talked to him a little bit through DMs and stuff. That's and, awesome. um, you know, he's got a he's got a good positive spirit. He's he's Oh, he, you know, he's got the whole Packers community behind him. He's got, uh, and he's going to kick cancer's ass. So it's, uh, it sucks, but you know, it's one of those things that this kid's, you, you can tell he's a, he's a strong, he's a fighter. So yeah. we got you. We, we, we're all thinking about him. Um, and on that note, you know, I've been talking about getting out and voting, wearing a mask, all those type of things. Um, and with voting being done with, uh, please still wear a mask wherever you're going. But uh, trying to do something a little bit different this week. And I'm going to say, you know, Twitter is always a place that there's a lot of negativity in there. So let's uh, give everybody a homework assignment and put something positive on Twitter this week. Everybody has to go out and out of their way and put something, whether it's a picture of your kids, a picture of your dog, whatever it is. And, you know, let's uh, let's put out some positive vibes, whether it's Packers, whether it's your family, whether it's whatever the hell you want it to be, just put a little positive positivity out in the world and hopefully it'll come swinging around back to you. So um, we will catch you guys next week. Uh, as always, follow us Twitter on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. 
And we will talk to you after a Packers victory over the Indianapolis Colts. And as always, go Pack Go!